to talk this morning from the subject, the promise of Advent, the promise of Advent. As we read this text, there's an ongoing theological debate among Hebrew Bible scholars as to the contemporary meaning of this passage. To what child? during the period of the writing was the prophet referring. Scholars speculate and postulate, but the truth is they don't have a clue. But while we cannot be certain of what child the prophet was speaking of contemporarily, we're very certain of what child the prophet was speaking of prophetically. Yes. This is a word of promise about Jesus. We said in the eight o'clock worship that Advent is the celebration and anticipation of the coming of God's Messiah. As celebration, we are overflowing with joy because Advent means that God remembered us. As anticipation, we anxiously await the fulfillment of Jesus' promise that he is coming again. The text that we lifted on last Sunday in this worship experience was from the 22nd chapter of John's Revelation where Jesus says, I am coming 
soon. Each Sunday of Advent has a different theme. The theme for this first Sunday is hope and promise. Therefore, in the 8 o'clock worship, we talked about the hope of Advent, where the prophet says, those who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. In this worship experience, we want to talk about the promise of Advent. A child has been born for us. The gift of a son for us. This is a prophetic promise made at a time of darkness for the world in general, but for God's chosen people in particular. There was darkness as a result of sin and all the things that accompany sin, suffering and sorrow and shame. Darkness entered humanity when the man and woman willfully rebelled against God in the Garden of Eden. But even then, God gave the promise of Advent. The seed of the woman will come and crush the head of the seed of the serpent. Over and over again, God renewed the promise of Advent with his people. To Abram, God promised, through your seed, all people of the world will be blessed. Through Jacob, God promised, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the lawgiver from between his feet, until the bearer of peace comes. Through Moses, God promised, I'm going to raise up a prophet for you from among you, and to him you will hearken. And now, in this word through Isaiah, we find God again renewing his promise. Church, a wonderful thing about the promise of Advent is that it's not just given one time, but it's given over and over and over and over again. Even when Jesus came into the world as the personification of the promise, he still called to men, women, boys and girls, with the renewal of the promise. Come to me, all that are weak and heavily burdened, and I promise I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I promise that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Thieves come to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life. And I promise 
that the life I provide is abundant life. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he may die, I promise that he shall live. And I promise that whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. No matter what the test is that we face today, we can be confident that God has it under control because we live under the renewed promise of Advent. Those who place great faith in the things of the Spirit know what it is to place emphasis on God's promises. And if we desire a stronger spiritual life, a good place to start is by placing greater reliance on the promise of Advent. Two things are essential to a meaningful relationship with God. First, you have to believe God's promises. And second, you have to act on his promises. Abraham did not become the father of the faithful just because he knew God's promise. But he became the father of the faithful because he believed in his promises and acted on his promises. Moses didn't become the great deliverer just because he saw a bush burning on the backside of the desert. But he became the great deliverer because he believed God's promise that if you go back into Egypt, I'm going with you. And just like Abraham, just like Moses, for Advent to have real meaning in our lives, we must both believe in God's promises and act on his promises. This promise was made by God seven centuries before Jesus was born. It was the promise of good after evil. It was the promise of joy after sorrow. It was the promise of laughter after tears. Israel, the northern kingdom, had already been overthrown by Assyria. And Judah, the southern kingdom, would suffer the same fate to the Babylonians. But Isaiah is looking beyond that sorrow, and he sees great success. He's looking beyond that trouble, and he sees great triumph. And Isaiah speaks with such certainty about a future event that he expresses it in words of a contemporary truth. It was a future tense promise that he states in past tense language. 
God is transcendent. He's from everlasting to everlasting. And since God promised it, it's already happened because God is at work causing it to happen. Now, somebody needs to hear that today. Things may not be going well in your life, and you may feel discouraged, but be assured of this. Though you can't handle it on your own, you can handle anything in the Lord. In the difficult circumstances of life, we can experience his great power. And that's the good news of the promise of Advent. First, the promise offered spiritual answers to a human problem. And church, there are some problems that can only be solved when we employ spiritual answers to our human problems. Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived. But one of the things that his wisdom taught him was his human limitation. And Solomon concluded that regardless of his human resources, some problems were too big for him to solve. And so he said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Isaiah knew that the problems of God's people could not be solved by great administrators nor by military might and power. He knew that the law couldn't do it. He knew that religion couldn't do it. He knew that human heritage couldn't do it. But he says, I do know where the solution lies. A child has been born for us the gift of a son for us. Church, in times like these, in times of domestic terrorism, in times of racial disharmony and disrespect, in times of social injustice directed at the poor and the marginalized, we don't have the solution to these conditions. But what we can't do on our own, the Lord has already done for us. The promise is that a child has come to take our griefs away. The promise is that a child has come to make a way out of no way. Then the promise of Advent was inclusive and not exclusive. You know, we live in an exclusive society. 
We live in a world where people try to prove their worth through the exclusion and even the exploitation of others. <clears throat> That's the history of this nation. The original intent of African Americans being brought here was to exploit us for the pleasure of white folk. And it's only through the grace of God and the faith of some courageous people that believed in God's promise that we've been able to take what others meant for bad and use it for good. It's almost 2019 and folk are still trying to keep us down and keep us excluded. But when I think about this promise from God, I know that there is an answer to our problem and that the answer does not rest in the institutions of men, but that the answer is in God's hands. A child is born to us. A son is given for us. And us includes me. See, the thing I love about the church is that the church is for everybody. See, I don't belong in some circles. And you're quick to let me know which circles I don't belong in. But when it comes to the church, you can't keep me out of the church. You can't keep me from serving in the church. You can't keep me from singing in the church. You can't keep me from praising God in the church. See, I know the one on whom the church was built. And he said, whosoever will, let him come and drink freely from the fountain of life. And that means that I belong in God's church. Well, finally, the promise of Advent confirms that God is still in charge. And there's no greater news that we can have than to know that God was still in charge. 700 years had to pass between the time that Isaiah gave this word and God brought it to pass. And a lot took place in those 700 years. Wars took place. Thousands died on the battlefield. Famines took place and people starved to death. Many lost their faith in the struggle and they gave up on the Lord. But no matter what happened, God was still in charge. Folk didn't know who was in charge. 
Some thought the Assyrians were in charge. Some thought the Babylonians were in charge. Later on, some thought that the Greeks were in charge. And by the time of Jesus, it looked like the Romans were in charge. But the promise of Advent reminds us that the outcome is not in the hands of any person or in the hands of any empire, but the outcome is in the hands of the Lord. Church, in times like these, we need to remember that the promise of Advent is that God is in charge. We have an incompetent, racist, sexist, xenophobic man occupying the White House, but he's not in charge. We have an electoral system that has been so gerrymandered that the popular vote in many of these elections doesn't result in the outcome we desire. But the electoral system is not in charge. We have racist, alcoholic judges that hold court in bars all day and demean women of color with no repudiation from law enforcement or the judicial review system. But racist, sexist judges are not in charge. We have police officers that shoot and kill and lie with impunity. But bad police officers are not in charge. We have a state attorney general who's so disinterested in justice that he's lamenting the state's move to require unanimous jury decisions. But the attorney general is not in charge. We have a metro council that regularly tilts the scale in favor of business to the detriment of the poor and the marginalized. But the Metro Council is not in charge. I don't care what you see on the TV. I don't care what you hear on the radio. I don't care what you find on social media. The promise of Advent is that that stuff is not in charge. Well, if they ain't in charge, then who is in charge? I've got a simple answer for you. His name is Jesus. Jesus is in charge of your situation. Jesus is your heart fixer. Jesus is your burden bearer. Jesus is your mind regulator. Jesus is your door opener. Jesus is your way maker. Jesus is bread when you're hungry. Jesus is water when you're thirsty. Jesus makes your enemies behave. Jesus 
builds a hedge around you and protects you from your enemies. Jesus walks with you. Jesus talks with you. Jesus tells you that you are his own. Don't think that other stuff is in charge. Jesus, 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 Jesus is in charge. Nobody, nobody but Jesus. Nobody but Jesus. Not the governor, not the mayor, not the metro council, not the school board, not the Braff Foundation. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Not Exxon, not LSU, not Southern, not BRCC. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Have you ever called him? Have you ever called him? Jesus, 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 Jesus. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest friend, but wholly lean on Jesus' name, on Christ, on Christ, on Christ, on Christ, the solid rock. I stand. All that other stuff. All that other stuff. All that other stuff is sinking sand. You want to walk right? Walk with Jesus. You want to talk right? Talk with Jesus. You want to live right? Live with Jesus. He's able. He's able. He's able. He's able. Somebody in here ought to have a testimony. Folk tried to keep you down. Jesus picked you up. Folk tried to keep you out. Jesus brought you in. Folk tried to hurt you. Jesus kept you in his care. That's my testimony. He walks with me. He talks with me. He holds my hand. He guides my feet. He's able, 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 able. I don't know how you can sit there. Do you know who woke you up this morning? Do you know who started you on your way? Do you know who keeps health 
in your body? Do you know who keeps sanity in your mind? Do you know who keeps food on your table? Do you know who keeps clothes on your back? And you can just sit there with your arms folded? Jesus. 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 Some folk get mad when I say it too loud, so Jesus. 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 But sometimes I can't say it soft. Sometimes I gotta just say Jesus. 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 Yeah. 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 I know he's all right. I know he's all right. say nothing I'll say it by myself he's able he's able he's able yeah 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 